I wanted to begin by expressing my deepest and most profound Hakar Satayv and gratitude to stories to inspire and the tzaddikim that run it. I cannot begin to tell you how often people come over to me and say, I just heard a story from you and stories to inspire. Rebeim, who say, you know what, I needed a great story for my class and I just heard an amazing story from you. Thank you so much. Bachram, single guys, girls, people who come over and say, I needed chizek and I happened to put on stories to inspire and I heard exactly the story that I needed to hear and it just gave me the strength to continue to be successful. So that's the bracha we give to stories to inspire. They should go mechayel achayel from strength to strength. I want to share with you a heartwarming experience. On Shabbos, Parshas Lech Lecha. There's a shul in Israel. It's not important where it is. It's called Bet Aron. It's a very diverse shul. Many different people in the community daven at this shul. But on Shabbos, a Parshas Lech Lecha, a fellow was there for Shabbos, a guest, him and his wife. His name is David, and he lives in Kisufim. For those of us that are not familiar, Kisufim is one of the Yishuvim that was brutally attacked on Shabbos of Simchas Torah, and the vast majority of people were killed or Rahman al-Tzlan kidnapped. When him and his wife heard the shooting and the shouts in Arabic, they went into the mamad, they went into the secure room, and they locked it. For some reason, the Arabs did not blow it up, and they stayed in there. They stayed in there for three days straight. In the middle of the night, David would creep out to get some water and some food, but they stayed in there with the door locked and shut for three days straight. The entire time they heard Arabic being spoken, and they knew that it wasn't safe to go out of the mamad. After three days, they heard Hebrew finally. It was Israeli soldiers that came to try to liberate and see if there was anyone left to save. And then David went outside, and he met the soldiers, and he was brought to safety. He had nowhere to live. He was by a cousin of his in shul that Shabbos. Let me tell you about another guy that was there for Shabbos. He's someone that's actually part of that shul. His name is Pini, or Pinchas Menachem. We know the Gareb, his name was Pinchas Menachem. He's from a Hasidisha family, and he's a chayal. He's a soldier in the army. As soon as he heard what happened, he danced Simchas Tyre at night. He heard what happened. He quickly headed south. He was one of the soldiers that liberated Kisufim, that freed David and his wife. And when David and Pini were introduced to one another, to absolute strangers, they hugged together in a tight embrace, deeper than brothers. Nafshai, Shura benafshai, bound together, neshama to neshama, soul to soul. The Gabbai saw that he had two individuals that had been in situations of danger. So first he gave David an aliyah. And David got the in parsha slach lecha, kumisalech la'aretz la'arko la'rachba kilchat nenel zarecha, the pasuk that says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that Kla Yisrael will have Eretz Yisrael, the promise that he gives to Avram Avinu. David got that aliyah. The next aliyah was Pini's turn. By the way, David benched Goimel, obviously. Then it was Pini's turn. Pini got the aliyah that says, Baruch kel elian asher migain tzarecha biyadecha Hashem protects us from our enemies. That's the aliyah that he got. And he too made goymo with great concentration and great fervor, and everyone answered Amen. The two of them stayed up by the bima for the next aliyah for whatever the reason is. Hugging, holding, to God, holding on to one another like brothers. And the next aliyah was the beautiful aliyah where HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises Look up heavenwards and count the stars. Is it even possible to count them? This is what your children will be like. We will endure if the Nitzchi is the eternity of Klai Yisrael. Ayamim b'Hashem Avram Avinu trusted Hashem b'Yachshavela that stuck on Hakadosh Baruch Hu counted it for a very great righteousness. And there was a palpable inspiration and emotion in the shul when people were realizing the beauty, the eternity, the brotherhood, the achdos of Klai Yisrael. After davening, there was an amazing kiddush, and the entire shul together by the kiddush recited Nishmas. The tefillah where we thank HaKadosh Baruch from the depth of our heart 
and we show our inadequacy to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly for the incredible chasadim that he gave us. And while David stayed behind for the rest of Shabbos, him and his wife have nowhere to live and they have to figure out what their next step is. And he left after Kiddush and he went back to the front. They had given him off just a few short hours before Shabbos, but he was called back and he went back. May Hashem protect him and may Hashem keep him safe. This is one little tiny snapshot of what Klal Yisrael is, of what the Achdus is. Every person in that shul took the situation personal. There is no one else in the entire world that feels like Klai Yisrael. Another person's pain is our pain. Another person's celebration is our celebration. Another person's grief is our grief. Another person's deep emotions is our emotion. That's the fiber of Klai Yisrael. Pain, levadad, yishkain. We are alone. We're alone because the rest of the world is against us, but we're also alone because only in our aloneness do we band together and we become brothers. That's achdos. That's unity. We all know this is Pashad that before this horrible, horrible episode and event, Eretz Yisrael was more fragmented than ever before. And even in Chutzla Arts, yeah, we felt maybe yes, maybe you know, we felt for Eretz Yisrael, we felt for our brothers and sisters who were not like us, maybe yes, maybe no, but there's such a deep, intense achdos in Klal Yisrael. I was by a wedding two weeks ago, and a fellow comes over to me, and he was crying. And I started talking to him, and he shares with me that he has a son that's in special forces, and I figured he's crying, he's nervous, he's concerned about his son. He says, no, it's not my issue, Hashem will take care of him. My issue is, I'm so concerned that after this blows over, we're going to go back to what we were before. Right now, there's such intense achdos. Everyone, right, left, from, not from, chasidish, svardi, everyone's getting along. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the ma'achet. He's the one that's bringing us together. But he was crying, he goes, what's going to happen when this is over and it should be over soon? Are we going to go back to what we were before? Or are we going to somehow figure out a mechanism to hold on to that achdos, to feel unified, to continue to feel for another person, to put aside our differences and focus on everything that brings us together? And the fact that we're B'nai, Avram Yitzhak, that we have a Rabbi Shalem, that we have a Torah, that we have Mrs. what are we going to do? That's what he was crying about. And it's a concern. And we need to figure out, each individual on their own, what can we do right here and right now, A, to increase our achdos, whether it's davening for other people, whether it's doing chesed, but just going out of our way to another person in our community and reaching out to them, giving them a nice good morning, giving them a smile, doing something for somebody that we ordinarily wouldn't. We need to figure out a way to increase our achdos now because ultimately that's what's going to help us survive. But even more than that, we have to think with an eye on the future. How can we ensure that the achdos that we're feeling now endures and lingers? Because if we can keep it, we can hold on to that achdos, then Amit Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch will say, wow, Beis was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam. Klal Yisrael finally got together Av Aschinam. And in Mitzvah Shem, he'll build by Yishlishi and we'll live together in the Netzach Netzachim.